All right, everybody. Welcome to Life on Purpose podcast with Cam. I am your host, and I'm so excited that you came on back and decided to listen again. Listen, this is season one, episode eight. I have a dear friend with me on the line, and we're going to dig a little bit into her life, into her purpose, and I'm very excited to hear from her and allow me to introduce you to her. Her name is Babella. Hi, everybody. How are you? <laughs> hey, Kim. Hey, girl. I am super excited <laughs> of being a part of this life Ooh. on purpose. Wow. Long time coming. I know that um, with this particular episode, we were um, unable to get on, hop on and do a recording because you had so many things going on. Um, you just hosted and launched an event here in Atlanta um, that I had the privilege and the honor to uh, be a part of and just be in the presence of so many women and just yourself and just to kind of see what you created um, and bless the city of Atlanta with. So we were unable to do it, but I'm happy that your schedule has slowed down just a little yes. bit to finally get on with us. Um, if you can just kind of tell the world a little bit about, you know, who you are. Um, I call you Bella, but if you, you know, want to let your government out, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, world, uh, my government is Bella. No, I'm joking. Um, my government name, whew, I never, ever use this name, never, ever. Like, even since I was a kid, no one's ever called me by my full name. But my full name is Lavesha. Everyone has always called me Bay or Flavor Bay or Vey Vey and, um, or Be Money or I just have <laughs> never, ever been called Lavesha. My ID at work actually says they, um, there are probably, I'm pretty sure there are many, many people in my family who don't even know that my real name is Lavesha. So, um, yeah, I go by they Bella. Um, it was really more so created out of a joke. Um, when I lived in Miami years upon years upon years ago, uh, my friends started saying, who you think you are, Bay Bella? Because I would, you know, be out living in Miami life. Girl, I think I thought I was Cuban or Puerto Rican or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it ended wow. up being a coin joke and it just stuck. Everyone started calling me Bay Bella. And that's just been the name for the last about nine years. Okay. Wow. So you said you were down in Miami. Now you're originally from New York, right? Yes. Upstate New York, Rochester, which is kind of by Canada, Buffalo, like right in between those two places. Okay. So you, you can get a little feisty, a little aggressive. I am 100% feisty and aggressive <laughs> and loving, but I am not, you know what I realize? I'm not, I'm not vulnerable. And I think that Wow. With me being feisty and with me being aggressive, I don't have that like soft, like, yes, tink, tink, boo, boo, doo, doo, vulnerability <laughs> that, you know, females are known for having. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that's necessarily a New York thing as much uh-huh. as it, it just is like my, the women in my family are very dominant. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I think I like to call that um, something that me and a girlfriend have coined it flower power. So, okay. It's in that femininity. Yeah, I like that. But, you know, still possessing that, you know, that hardcore. Listen, I'm a woman about my business because, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, I haven't known you long, but when I first met you, um, I think it was at a college um a college ministry thing at new birth and mm-hmm. when you walk when you walked in the room your presence walked with you wow and so yeah and so um you know the the boss mentality or the i got it or i'm a woman about my business um 
it preludes you. I mean, it, it goes before you. And it, I knew that instantly when I met you. I think the first go around was, you know, hey, how you doing? Um, you know, and then you got you grabbed the mic and you spoke. And I said, I know that I need to connect with her. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but I know that there'll be something in the future. You know, here I am at a college event at New Birth. Um, you know, I was invited. I think you were invited too. I was too. You know, like, <laughs> I, I ain't in nobody's school, child. Nobody. Yeah, like, you know, we, we both aren't in college, but we were there, um, I think, with the mentality to serve. Yes. Um, and to pour into uh, women and men that are a part of the college ministry at the church where we both attend. Yes. Um, and so purpose, you know, we collided. I think our purpose collided together. And here we are on a podcast. Yeah. That time I had no idea that, you know, I would be doing. So um, thank you again just for coming on. But if of you course. could, you know, if you could, I, I just want to know if you could also I know that you hold a lot of titles as well I know that you're a flight attendant you're a mom and you know outside of all of that if you could take us back to maybe like the the 12 year old Levatia take us to the 12 year old Bay. what was she Ooh. thinking what would you say to her so that is a heavy loaded um question I can go back a little further than the 12 year old I'll go back to about Mm, about fifth grade okay okay we got time we got time okay so um I didn't realize this until actually recently I had a teacher named Mr. Gerhold and I was in fifth grade he was my teacher in third grade and in fifth and we were super 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 close and I was like you know his favorite student and all that good stuff I was super involved in everything the plays the choirs and all of that good stuff and one day in school he had me stay back um a little while or whatnot while everybody was going to recess and he asked me he said um they what do you see yourself being when you get older okay. so I was like I'm gonna be a singer I'm gonna be a singer and he was like nope nope you're not gonna be a singer no you're not and so I was so mad at him like <laughs> how dare he tell me that I'm not gonna be a singer I'm like oh my god Mr. Girl doesn't think I can sing or whatever so mm-hmm. I left I went home and I didn't tell my mom because my mom kind of, you know, my mom is super New York, so she probably would kill this girl. <laughs> so I didn't tell her. Um, I went back to school the next day and I said, Mr. Gerald, I figured it out. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm going to be. And he was like, nah, nah, you're not going to be a lawyer. You're not going to be a lawyer. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be a lawyer. So I left. I went home that day and I was so sad. I was so mad. And I think I didn't want to eat dinner. And my mom was like, why aren't you eating? What is going on with you? And I'm like, I told Mr. Gerald I was going to be a singer. And he said, I wasn't going to be a singer. And I told him I was going to be a lawyer. And, and he said, I wasn't going to be a lawyer. And she's like, oh, I'm coming up to that school tomorrow. He don't be telling you what you can't be. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, 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 mom. Please let me just handle it. Let me handle it. So I go back to school the next day. And I'm like, Mr. Gerhold, I figured it out. I'm going to I'm gonna be a doctor. Yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. And he said, nope, you're not going to be a doctor. So literally, I burst out bawling. And now even talking about it, I can't believe I'm getting emotional again. Wow. I, I burst out bawling. And he pulls me aside. And he had, like, one of those boxes, you know, like, when you would twist it and a ballerina would pop up and uh-huh. do the thing or whatever. That's the so 
He yeah. had the box, and on the inside of the box, as soon as it popped open, it was a mirror on the inside. And he said, they, I asked you what you wanted to be because I didn't want you to get the okay from me. I wanted you to know exactly what it is that you're going to be. He said, you're going to be every single thing that you want to be. You're going to be able to be the singer you want to be. You're going to be able to be a doctor that you want to be. You're going to be able to be a lawyer that you want to be. He said, but I don't want you to believe that you are going to have those titles with an office so i never understood what the hell he was talking about wow so it hit me recently that i have now literally become a singer and i mean i used to be a singer in bands and i i would tour and all of that good stuff but um i sing in a different heavily praise for people when people contact me and they ask me to pray for them uh-huh. a lot of times i do it in devotion I don't necessarily do it in the format of getting on my knees and speaking and asking God to move water and et cetera. I do it more so in devotions. I realize that I am a doctor because I help so many women. I, you know, doing the life coaching, I help so many women feel better about themselves. A lot of women come to me broken and I mean, grown women, married and two times my age contact me just wanted someone to talk to i realized that i am a lawyer because i'm fighting for people finding their purpose and their passion every single day but that story did not make sense to me until now until like literally like two weeks ago i said this was what mr gearhole was trying to get me to see that i am so much more than uh, and I'm not, and this is not disrespect to anybody who's a doctor and lawyer because they're, yeah. they're amazing people. But I think that I'm so much more than just putting myself in one box. Yeah. And I think, you know, to go to the 12 year old day, um, because I had that conversation with Mr. Gerhold and didn't understand what that conversation was about. I think the 12 year old Vey was always unsure of what her purpose was. I think the 12 year old Vey was always like, okay, I don't want to say I'm going to be this because um, I don't like, do people feel like I won't be? I never really understood what he was trying to tell me. Just, you know, being in fifth grade, I was probably like nine. I wasn't able to understand exactly what he was trying to teach me. So, um, but I don't know if that's what you were asking me, but going to the 12 year old bay i grew up in foster care my parents did foster care my whole life so i wasn't the foster child but i had different siblings coming in and out of my life um and i've always been you know the youngest one so i had like that natural baby thing in me but also independent because they weren't going to do anything for me but I knew that if you mess with me, I had 20 siblings that was coming. That was coming. So, <laughs> I think that gives me like my little girl big bite, you know, okay. mentality. Like, you know, I'm, I'm usually the first one being the shortest one and the yeah. smallest one. That's going to say something first. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Wow. So how was that sharing? You said you mentioned your parents were foster parents. How was that um, like sharing your parents? That was very hard. That was very hard for us. Um, I have never had my parents to myself. Um, My parents stopped doing foster care when I was about 19 or 20. And I've never had my parents to myself. My parents were not like your typical foster parents. It wasn't a thing where we'll go out to eat and the foster kids can come. We'll go on vacation. They could come. They were always present, you know. So that was just the life I knew. I didn't know anything different. But I would say it was hard for me because... My mom had to be super strong in certain areas so that like soft, warmy, fluffy mommy thing that mm-hmm. other people might have gotten. Uh-huh. I didn't get that because she had teenagers where she had to be hardcore with. Okay. You know what I'm saying? 
my dad on the other end, he didn't show favoritism. So I was never a daddy's girl. It was too many girls for one person to be. So I kind of grew up loved. I don't want to make it be painted as if I wasn't loved. I grew up loved and I got, you know, provided for, but I didn't get like the emotional things that I think I needed. And I didn't realize that until later on with dating. Wow. wow. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I talk a little bit about that um, in my first book, 35th chapter, um, not hearing those words, but just knowing that they were there. Like, so right. Exactly what you mean. So that yeah. explains a little bit of our link. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. Wow. So, and, and what did they do? Um, your, this this part of your, your story is interesting to me. So what did they do for pro- um, professions? What did your, your parents do or what did they do at that time? So my so my mom was a four time stay at home mom, okay. um, and my dad is the definition of a man's man. So okay. um, sometimes he would work two jobs mm-hmm. to make sure that we all had everything that we needed. But I mean, just being honest, the government did pay you know my mom for foster care, but it was never a check thing for them. Yeah, was, you know. So um, my mom was home Monday through Friday. Um, we had dinner cooked every single day. She was really like a mom's mom. Okay. Um, she wasn't like a cut and paste, like we making posters and coloring together. No, but dinner was always ready. We always had a clean house. Sunday we was waking up to have it clean and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, my parents had a couple of businesses, like later on, my mom ended up becoming a flight attendant when I was about 16 years old. Um, and I think that's probably what stopped them from doing foster care for so long because they ended up opening up a daycare with like 60 something kids. Then they had like a jumping center, which is kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese um, back in Rochester where we're from. So they had a couple of businesses and um, things like that. And my mom sung at everyone's funeral, everyone's wedding. So she was like a paid singer in our local town. She's like a wow. local celebrity. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. She's so beautiful. I had a chance to um to meet her I think a couple of times so mm-hmm. I could definitely see where you worked that from oh thank well you. yeah so okay so 12 year old you go okay so walk us through a little okay so you graduate high school what's next what happened next okay so I graduated high school I go to college and I had been a virgin forever right what? so yeah I didn't lose my virginity <laughs> until college girl I was one of those girls who didn't like drink liquor until I was 21 okay I, my father is a minister and like he was the youth the youth pastor at our church that I grew up in so okay I was kind of full. Oh my, can you hear me, Kim? I can, yep. My apologies. I told my dad, do not call me. And she still called me. <laughs> Listen, still this, this all makes the recording later. all the more real. Yes. All, uh, yes. I, when you listen, dad, all the years later, you still don't listen to me. Okay? <laughs> so I, I, I specifically said, don't call me. I'm going on a podcast. Do <laughs> not call me. He calls me. Oh, wow. Anywho. Shout out to dad. Yeah, shout out to him. He needs to be at work making my money. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. So um, I go to college. I lose my virginity. Um, but le- let's back it up a little bit. So teenage years, I was kind of put on like a pedestal, right? Okay. And what I mean by pedestal, um, I mean a fictitious position that my parents put me on, which let me not say fictitious because it was a good spot to be at, but it was too much pressure. Um, 
I was the girl that never dated. I was the girl that obviously never had sex. I was the girl who went to church three times a day. I was the girl that everyone's mom wanted their daughter to be like. I was the girl that churches used to say, could she come and speak at my church and talk to the young women about being virgin? So this is like extra super pressure. You know what I'm saying? So um, I go to college, I lose my virginity and um, I lose focus, okay? Because I'm now in a world that I don't know anything about, okay? I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I, I grew up reading my Bible every day. I have a Bible from when I was in elementary that I used to read and write notes in. Like, I grew up literally like the Bible girl, you know? Okay. So, um, so I get to college, I lose my virginity. I don't even drink until I'm 21, okay? Wow. Um, and when I did that, I felt like I was, for the first time, having the opportunity to be like everybody else. When you're okay. surrounded by foster kids or, you know, people that come from different stories, you're always constantly reminded that your life is great. Wow. Your life is you're great. Grateful. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're No, but you're, you're reminded that without receiving it. Wow. So I was in a position where I was constantly hearing, like, you know, you have two parents who have been married forever. Like, my parents have been together since they were 14. Oh so I'm constantly hearing, oh, my God, that's so great. That's so this. Or I never had an opportunity for anybody ever to ask me, but is that great to you? Okay. Do you want to be this? Do you, you know, so um, so let me get back to what I was saying. So get in college. I lose my virginity and um, I deal like the day that I lost my virginity, I cried so hard. I literally felt like I disappointed the universe. God was going to, you know, I was going to die the next day and go to hell. You know, my parents were going to find out. So I went about three, four years before telling anybody that I wasn't a virgin anymore. Wow. So I was, yes, I was living like this secret life. I don't think my parents found out I wasn't a virgin until I was about 23 or 24. Okay. Yes. So, um, so, uh, in the midst of all of that going on in the midst of, you know, me not wanting them to know, I'm literally dealing with an identity crisis because I'm not able to be who I truly am. I'm living a lie, pretending to be something that I wasn't. And when, because I was doing that, it was hard for me to walk in purpose. And it was hard for me to be exactly what I knew God knew I could be because I was not transparent or honest enough with myself or anybody around me of who I am. So you're speaking to women and telling them, yeah, you need not to be doing this and girl, you so flawed. You going home and yeah. you slicing it open. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Oh, get your life. Let's, let's be real. You know? So, um, so yeah, I, I definitely went through a moment where I was, I felt like I was not ever able to be who I truly knew I could be because of so much pressure of the outside world telling me what I should be. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, okay, your, your story is loaded. I feel like it's definitely going to have to be part one or part two. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it, it's loaded. It's like, it's like, it's a lot to unpack, mm-hmm. but it, but it makes sense when I think about, um, the woman that you are, or see how you are, you know, suited to, um, impact the millennials, uh, women entrepreneurs, uh, just any woman in ministry or any woman that's going after purpose. So if this makes sense because of how packed your story is Mm -hmm. and it's so purposeful so when when would you say that you actually woke up and found purpose and was like oh aha when when did that happen um I would say okay so uh when I was 26 I got pregnant I was best friends with this guy for about 15 years we messed around on and off and I got pregnant by him and 
I got pregnant and I said, okay, we have to be together because here comes the outside world and that uh, pedestal that everyone has me on. So if I'm pregnant, I have to be in a relationship and I have to get married. I can't be pregnant and have a baby and not have that because, you know, the world's going to say where I'm from, which is a small, you know, a small community is going to say, wow, I can't believe the day that everyone, you know, blah, 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 is pregnant. Girl, when I came out and said I was pregnant, people thought that that was the day I lost my virginity when I got pregnant. <laughs> like, they everyone no was idea. like, oh my God, you lost your virginity and got pregnant the day of. Like, yeah, okay. that's what happened, sure. Okay. So, um, I get into this really unhealthy relationship with someone who was my best friend forever, but he was someone who showed me a different type of love that I wasn't getting at home because it was too okay. many people. So he was the first person where I was, I don't want to say first person to take away from my dad because my father was a great father, okay. but he was the first person that really gave me like that, that attention, you know, that, mm-hmm. and he was like the bad boy and I was like a good girl. Like he was bad in every sense. Um, and I was like, the good girl. So we just had like that good girl, bad guy vibe or whatever. So I get pregnant. We live together. He proposes to me. I'm miserable. I'm going through every single thing you can think of from mm-hmm. abuse, from verbal abuse to just, you know, without, you know, putting him out there too much. I just mm-hmm. went through a lot. Um, so in the okay. midst of that, I was constantly wanting to, um, I, I'm very big on journaling and I'm very mm-hmm. big on um, writing. So I would like write my thoughts out. Okay. One day, I like started a live Facebook video where I was just like talking and um, I was giving a little bit of my story and all this other stuff. And in that moment, the the, the um, responses that I got from everybody just kind of basically woke me up and made me realize, babe, you have to be the authentic you because as soon as you allow people into who you really are, it's gonna allow people to walk into they really are allow people to you know get out of the prisons that they put themselves in like I gave people the okay to say I'm not perfect I'm just Mm -hmm. like you and we all go through something so when I did that I would say I was about 27 years old and um and that was like the opportunity for me to like be who I really was I think not living with my parents not you know having so many opinions from them um and not having in in leaving church I was no longer in church anymore I no longer had people looking at me with double eyes I was able to literally figure out who I was he was never there he was you know living at probably cheating and being everywhere else he was never in the house so it was when I was alone with my son and I would constantly say to myself who do I want my son to grow up and believe his mother is and the moment that I started saying that to myself was the moment that I feel like I completely came into my purpose of being the best woman for Blue and wanting to be a good image for other women. Because what I honestly felt I did when I got pregnant, I realized that I took a lot of people into prison with me because a lot of women were starting to believe that the life that I was living was relationship goals and it wasn't. And when I left my son's father, I felt like I owed every single woman that I brought into that prison an apology. So when I did the live video telling them about what I went through, I felt like I was able to release them. A lot of women were like, oh my God, I can't believe you were going through any of those things. I wanted your life. And that's why I knew that I had to be honest and transparent about what I had going on because people were, people were falling in love with a fictitious me that I created that wasn't even real. And I wasn't comfortable allowing anyone to be um, believing I was something that I wasn't, if that makes sense. I'm trying to like, I'm trying not to, for it not to be a long, long story. So I'm skipping wow. it down, But, but I, yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's like, 
it's so relevant to the, um to today's time like i think that we scroll and you know different people see different things but like you said in your moment of journaling and being transparent it allowed you to free so many other people right like that that in itself is mind blowing so you call him your Mr. Everything. I think I saw that on your social media. That's blue. Yes. So, you know, for those that are listening, um, you know, that's her son. What what made you call him blue? What made uh, him blue? Um, that that was my grandmother's twin's name. Okay. And when he came out, he looked just like him. So we uh, we called him blue. Blue. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that, it was nothing. Real, it's not really anything. Um, wow. Yeah. Where where would you say you would be if you weren't walking in purpose today? If I was not walking in purpose today, I would. Hmm, that's a good question. If I was not walking in purpose today, I would be suffering. I would be constantly um, haunted by God. I would be constantly. See, this is the thing. Whenever I was not living, like when I was shacking up, and forgive me for those who get offended by it, but I just, mm-hmm. I'm just not here for it. Mm-hmm. When I was shacking up, having sex, and living this uh, life, you know, mm-hmm. even though I was in a relationship with somebody, I knew that that wasn't my life. I didn't come from that, so okay. I was completely taken from a good home to the wilderness. I didn't come from that. Wow. So I would say, if I was not walking in purpose. I would probably be getting abused. I would probably be, um, oh, I would probably not be a flight attendant um, because uh, the relationship I was in, he was very jealous of, you know, the freedom that I have that came with that. So if I would have never started that blog, I would have probably been, I don't know, probably on welfare, living back in Rochester, um, begging him to love me and pay me attention and mm-hmm. um, probably not talking to my parents mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of men can't handle the closeness of us. Um, mm-hmm. I went, I don't know. That's a full, I, I, that's, I, I don't and know. I asked that question, you know, I know. to, I asked that question to myself, um, honestly, a lot. And then I asked it to people that I get the opportunity to talk to because for the listeners that are listening, I want, you know, if you are struggling with purpose and you hear where a person would be without it and you identify and you hear some of the mm-hmm. things, I want for people to know, like, okay, that's where I'm at and this is how I feel. I'm not talking my purpose. I'm not talking with my parents. You know, could it be that I'm not walking in purpose? And so mm-hmm. it's a loaded question and I wanted you to answer it and, and be raw. Like, I know that you would because I think that when people listen to this and they're, you know, they're constantly come into the podcast and they want to know okay purpose life on purpose what does that mean mm-hmm. am i walking in purpose i think that that's important for them to know that you said you'd be suffering um you'd be in all these different places and so if they can identify with it and say okay it's time for me to walk in purpose so thank you for that mm-hmm. um, one of the things um i heard you say was that you're a flight attendant how do mm-hmm. you how the heck do you balance all of that being a mom and you know how do you how do you balance that I always jokingly say that blue came into my world. I didn't come into his. So I balance it because it was my life before I had blue. Blue's only four and I've been a flight attendant for 10 years. Oh, wow. So um, 
So it's not as hard as people assume it is. I work about, I haven't worked all month actually. And today is the what, 20 something. So I don't, I don't work high time. I do um, work part time. And because I do so much coaching on the side, um, I get paid from that. um, And I have so many different things I do on the side, but um, I work about three days. If if I was to work a real schedule, like a normal flight attendant schedule um, at my seniority, I would be working about three days a week. Okay. So I tell people, imagine it like you're sending your kids to grandma house on the weekend, um, mm-hmm. and that's what it feels like. Wow. What's your favorite place that you've um, visited? Uh, my favorite place would have to be Can Cancun, DR, Milan. I know you said one, but I can't. I know. That one. You said you've been doing it for ten years, so yeah, Cancun. You, you know what? Everywhere. I love every place for a different reason. I love okay. Cancun. Um, because they have like this really nice strip where you can go out and I had like a really good crew. We went out, we had a ball. Okay. Um, I love DR cause the food is good. The vibe is great. I made some friends there. I love London because of the shopping and I'm a thrifter. So I love going to their thrift stores and Paris is absolutely everything that they make it seem like in the movies. It's so romantic. I have yeah. a flower. It's beautiful. Um, I do not like their food. I don't. But um, but the people are, are they they I mean the people are cool. Um, it's what you would think it is. But I if I had to go somewhere every single month, I would probably say I would go to probably DR. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. And what what's one thing that you would tell um, someone that's maybe struggling, a male or a female, um, and that's thinking about, hey, I heard she's a flight attendant. She has a child. She has a four year old. What's I guess one piece of advice that you would give them? Um, one, if they wanted to be a flight attendant, you're saying? Yes, yes. Um, uh, the one thing I would say is you are literally as strong as your support system. Um, I know that I cannot be a flight attendant without my support system. And I don't look at myself as less than another mom because I have a support system either. I think that a lot of people um, that become flight attendants automatically get a, some type of guilt when they have a child and it's not a guilty thing to have the fact that I'm literally going to be able to I literally can give my son the world he can get up and go to any continent for free and become culturally and diverse and he, he can study something like once he go to elementary he can learn about Africa and we can literally go the next week into Africa so he can go to these places that he's learning about and I think that if you look at the bigger picture of what you can give your children and what you can give yourself it's so much greater than going to a 9 to 5 and typing on a computer and giving them nothing wow that's that's loaded that is loaded so so here's a fun part man I'm gonna say a name and I want you to give me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say this name okay all right now I'm gonna give you the first thing now it's about five names, okay? Okay. I want you to give me what's on your heart or what you think when you hear this, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, number one. Nipsey Hussle. First thing that comes to my mind when you say Nipsey Hussle is peace. Wow. Care to expound on that? Um, I would say peace because um, everyone around him like his mother, the fact she was so at peace after okay. his death just says so much about who he was while he was on this earth. I didn't get into Nipsey until he died. But when I think of Nipsey, I just think that I would hope 
that when it is my time in 83 years, come on, God, uh-huh. when it is my time in 83 years that everyone around me would be able to say that I came, I did what was necessary, and that they can have peace knowing that my life matters. Legacy, right. Okay. Uh, number two, dating in Atlanta. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you asked. I'm what did you tell. say? You I said, said gay? gay, G to the H to Y. Wow, is that is that something? Well, we don't have to necessarily go into it. Thank you for that. Number three, more children. Um, yes. If my husband wants them, yes, I definitely will. I would not have children out of wedlock. I'm well, I'm celibate, so I ain't gonna be able to do that anyway. But I would not have children um, until marriage. And if my husband wants them, I'll give them to him. But if he don't, I'm fine with it. Okay. Okay. And the last one is Christmas time. My favorite holiday. Why is that? Uh, I just love that it puts everybody into a great spirit. I love the whole giving thing. I love, you know, seeing people's face when they open the gifts. I love the lights, the Christmas trees. I love everything about it. And of course, Jesus is the reason for the season. So let's not forget that. But um, I love everything about Christmas. And wow, um, we must have some really good memories around Yes, that. yes. It was always a big deal in our household. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of times people can relate um, to certain holidays because they share and hold different memories yeah. um, around that. So um, you do life coaching. Mm-hmm. You are a entrepreneur. You're a singer. Um, do you write as well? Um, I used to write music, but as far as writing, I am in the middle of writing a book. Okay. I, yeah. So um, yes, and I journal all the time. I think that for people who can't um, afford a counselor, I mean, mm-hmm. for people who can't afford a therapist, I think that journaling is the freest, easiest, and most healthiest way of freeing yourself out of everything. Because when you be honest about yourself, mm-hmm. honest about what you got going on, you free yourself from holding it. Wow. Wow. So journaling. So I would imagine you have tons of them. Yes. I have my phone, <laughs> my notepad and my phone is... And sometimes I read them and then I just erase them because I'm like, okay, girl, you ain't got no more stories. Wow. Yeah, I journal all the time. <laughs> so you did a you did an event called Petals Over Tears mm-hmm. Brunch. And um, could you go into that a little bit? You know, how, you know, what were your thoughts behind it in the beginning of it, during it, and then after it? Like, what were some of the, the barriers or just, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about what Petals Over Tears Brunch was like for you? Um, for me, I didn't know I, when God gave it to me because it was not my ideal at all. When God gave it to me, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do it. And every time I was doing it, I was like, why am I doing this? This wow. is not my thing. Like, why am I doing this? But it was so me. It was so necessary. Uh, Petals Over Tears is basically something where I want women to have the opportunity to know that they are allowed to give themselves their flowers. They are allowed to be fruitful. They are allowed to... Um, they are allowed to uh, be in the room and be present in the room uh-huh. and know that they're not the only person that's been through whatever it is that they have going on. Okay. Uh, I think that we're so we're always so um, easy to get caught up in on the dark things that we go through that we don't no longer uh, prosper or we, 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 we keep you know our struggles from keeping us from going further in purpose. And what I want Petals Over Tears to do is to tell people, listen, no, you got a network, get out there and whatever you got going on, share it because as soon as you share it, you get it off of you. Wow. So 
um, that's kind of what Petals Over Tears was supposed to be. I would say the obstacles and things that I learned early mm-hmm. is uh, um, I should have prayed more throughout the process, which I didn't. Okay. I think praying more, being very clear and intentional on who should be a part and who should not be a part. Okay. Because with me being new to Atlanta, I was like, okay, I need to have a lot of speakers and everybody who I felt like I needed to have, they didn't show. Um okay. I had some people who were I'm very close with who backed out literally the week before um, that had positions and titles. And I just, I realized that I had to take me serious uh-huh. and I can't allow people not to take me serious. Mm-hmm. And, I don't, and I'm trying to say that without sounding messy. So I'm, yeah, I'm double thinking every word that I say, but um Okay, I can definitely relate. Um, okay, what it, what that means, especially when you're doing events and you have, and it's something that God is a God vision. Right. It's not so much about you, and you know you want that backing. Um, I can say that I was at the event and I was blessed by it. Um, I had some heavy hitters and um, that was in the room, and it was just an experience. So I'm definitely looking forward to not just attending the next one but being a part of it um yes. you know wherever you're going next um speaking of that so so what's next for they what's next for um the movement um, so what's next for they is i have another event march 29th in rochester new york after that i'm tackling tampa and dallas and i just want to hit up different cities i got I, I have a goal of five to eight cities within the next 15 months of just reaching women and uplifting them in a different type of way um for the next i want to be single for the next 15 months okay <laughs> that's let me get that out okay? you want to be single i don't want nobody nappy headed son uh-huh. i don't need no distractions i don't need no um everybody doing it i don't want to do it okay uh-huh. I, wanna, <laughs> I know that's not what you're asking me. no but, <laughs> i was gonna get into that next i mean you're a beautiful woman you're in that you're in the um in the a and i could imagine the dms are popping or you know speaking mm. of distractions um how do you balance that you said you, you want to be single so that means that um you're are you are you interested are you open or is it I'm like, I'm like that open closed door. I don't know. Okay, so I am open to I'm open to someone that can add into my vision and my purpose, but I'm not interested in just being like dating somebody just to say I'm dating. I had a friend, oh God, he's probably gonna listen. I had a friend come over yesterday and he was like pouring his heart out and he was like, you know, babe, you're like the perfect girl that I would ever want to be with. Like you're so beautiful you're transparent you know you vibrate different like you're in, you're big into you know shifting your paradigms you help everybody blah, blah, blah. like he was you know seeing everything that I would probably want a man to feel about me and the only thing I could say to him was but I'm not interested in you and I don't want you to like me like <laughs> I knew at that moment that what I have coming up is so fragile yeah. and it is so important and it's like a baby to me that I cannot even let you in this world I'm, wow. I'm carrying something I cannot let you distract any of that so I know um, what men can do and I know what women who are vulnerable or who have something great going on with the enemy can do to send you know a deflective distraction in etc and I can't do that because I have too many women's lives on my hands and I cannot fumble their lives these next 15 months 
Okay. Wow, that makes sense. So, you know, that that makes sense a lot. When you are pouring as a woman, um, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, when you are committed to pouring back into women, um, that's a heavy call. Who pours into you? Who is your person? Who are your people? Okay. So, so my parents, first and foremost, my dad being a minister, my mom being a woman of God, first and foremost, I always go to them about every little thing. But I have a very, very close friend. I'm not going to say his name because he's going to probably say, why you say my name? But (laughs) we became friends from going to the church. And we're super, super close. You probably know who I'm talking about. We're super close. And Uh I call him for every single little thing. I'm just like, okay, I just got the phone with this person. And and I just feel depleted. Can you just pray for me? Or like, okay, I got this going on. And da 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 So me and him are super close. So I would would say my parents, it would be my parents and then him. And I think the good thing about our relationship, sorry, I'm going to get to the point. I'm sorry. No, I think the good fine. thing about our relationship is he does not have me on a pedestal. So he sees they for the real they and not yeah. not this person that everybody wants they to be. He wow. he lets me be flawed. So um I would say him and I would say my parents. Okay, wow. That I mean that's a soul relationship. Um, yeah. And friendship. And so not everyone is mm, privileged to even have that or walk in that. So cherish that and um I know you do because you know, obviously you told me about it, but that's, that's mind blowing. So you are, you said next, you're headed to Rochester, Rochester mm-hmm. for the next event. Yes. Um, as far as Atlanta is concerned, do you have anything on the map? Um, or do you have your social media where people can actually follow, connect with you? Um, I know that there's a lot of times, you know, young girls or young women that want to maybe intern or volunteer or help you. How can people connect with you? Oh, okay. Anybody who want to connect with me, um, you can, they can hit my Instagram handle, which is they, B-A-Y underscore B-E-L-L-A because I am your girl, Faye Bella. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you're interested in being a flight attendant, I have another page and that's called Fly Away. Fly Away underscore with underscore they. So just simply Fly Away with they. I did just create a Petals Over Tears page. Okay. Um, and I mean, I don't care. My number is 678-770-0489. So if somebody want to get in touch with your girl, send a text message, a call. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely open to people um, volunteering and internship and because this is going to be something great. Like this is a God thing. And um, I want God people on board with me. More boots on the ground. More boots on the ground. You guys heard it here first on Life on Purpose podcast. I just want to thank you again for coming on, taking some time out of your day. I'm sure your father wants to get in contact with you again. (laughs) I do want to say this really fast. Thank you so much, Cam, for being who you are, coming to the event and just helping and just getting in there like you knew what to do. You walked in like, okay, sis, what I need to do, I got your waters. And I appreciate you for that because it's not so many people that come into my life that genuinely just want to see me win without expecting something from it. So I wholeheartedly thank you. I pray for you all the time and I appreciate you. Even this life on purpose this morning, I woke up very heavy um, spiritually. I, I got in the shower and I was crying in the shower and I'm not even a crier. I just really, really felt like the presence of God. I knew that today was necessary. Um, I knew that today was a purpose-filled moment that me and you were going to have on the phone. With me being your eighth, you know, person on the podcast, and you know that eight is symbolic for 
um, infinity and beyond, okay? Eight is symbolic for so many things. Wow. So just being able to be your eighth person, wow. um, um, you know, in eight, in the number eight is all about balance and things like that. So for me, I was literally praying in the shower today and I was just asking God, like, help me, you know, stay grounded spiritually and physically and et cetera. Like, just give me balance. And here we are. And I did not know that we were, that I was your eighth person until you said that. And immediately I'm like, wow, that's all about balance. That's all about infinity and balance. So this was a God thing and a reminder for me. So thank you. Next time I'll be a better speaker on this podcast, okay? No, you were perfect. my first podcast. So I was like, what is you like, so what's your favorite color? I'm like, well, you know, when I was little, girl, what is your favorite color? So I'm going to do better next time. No, you were perfect because I think that was your personality. Thank you for all of that too. I didn't even realize it was episode eight um, that we're doing. And, you know, but that's just how God works. And so I'm just, I'm honored. I'm always mind blown. I think I got chills at least three times since we've had this conversation. So awesome. I definitely would love to have you back on. Maybe for a, um, a Friday's post check or maybe season two. Yes. I wish you so much success in everything that you're doing. Um, clearly, I'm a phone call away. We talk all yes. the time. Exactly. <laughs> but for those that don't know, um, again, they underscore Bella is her social media handle, and she's open and willing to commit and um, just connect with you guys, um, especially if you're a woman out there and you're struggling with, um, you know, between um, purpose and just launching out. So thank you again for tuning in. I am your host, Cam. You can reach me on life on um, Instagram at life on purpose. The numbers 20. Life on Purpose 20 on Instagram, on Facebook. You can reach me at Cam McCluster. And again, what's life with no purpose? This is the community for everyone that's committed to living life on purpose.